The Terminator trailer, 007 trailer, Better Call Soul trailer, House of Cards trailer, The Airwaves has no such trailer. It's Monday the 8th of December and that means it's time for The Airwaves, the podcast that navigates the week's entertainment news. It's funny, earlier when I was writing this introduction, uh, I haven't written this bit, that's why I'm coming with it off the cuff. Um, I tried to I tried to work in navigating the waters of something or other and I just, I just couldn't be bothered in the end. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to this week's panel, starting with Mr. Tony Blunt. How are you doing, sir? Not bad. Great to be back. Yeah. After, after a week off, um, I've had a rather nice day, surprisingly, around Nottingham. Really? Yeah, taking a friend round, you know, just uh, doing a bit of, you know, bit of sightseeing. around. Yeah. Uh. Don't, you, don't you like him? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> terrible. That is the voice of Mr. Alex G. Fox. Welcome back to the show, Alex. Thank you. It's very nice to be back. May I wish, I know it's uh, not normally what we do, because when you mentioned the date, I was thinking one of our regular listeners, Mr. Paul Cacao, it's his birthday today, so I'm going to wish him an official happy birthday on the 8th of December. Excellent. Oh, happy birthday, Paul. Many happy returns. There you go. You must get him on the show at some point. Yeah, we knows too much. So ah, it make yeah. us, makes the rest of us look a little bit dim. Yeah, yeah. He has. Well, good all right, opinion. fair enough. Me, he makes me look dim. That makes the rest of you look like you know what you're talking about, and me, well, I am. Well, speaking of interesting, let's move into the interesting bits. The first story of the week from theguardian.com: UK set to be first country in which more than half of ad spend is digital. Uh, more than fifty percent of fifteen point seven billion pounds advertiser spend will go on on will go on digital and online media in twenty fifteen beating print, cinema, buses, billboards, TV and radio combined and podcasts, I'm sure. The UK is predicted to become the first country in the world where more than half of all advertising spend goes to digital media thanks to a national obsession with gadgets, social media and online shopping. Now, Tone, you and I were talking before the show mm. and we were, I think you were a bit surprised that it was the UK but, yeah, uh, I, I did expect it more to be, you know, maybe the US would be ahead of us on this one, but blah, but then blah. you you did say Sorry. we did do a bit, we do things a bit differently, you know. Well, we do we do tend to go more for. I mean, as the as the article says, you know, <laughs> thanks to the nation's obsession with gadgets, definitely mm. social media, certainly. I mean, I I I sometimes go to Costa in the morning, and when I look down the line, it's all people with various different size screens. They're all staring at Facebook or Twitter. Mm. You got the one guy in a black with a BlackBerry in the corner who can't actually get his phone started properly, but. Yeah, it's 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 obviously it's obviously where the money needs to go in order to draw the right amount of eyeballs, I suppose. What do you reckon, Alex? I Are reckon. your eyeballs drawn to the advertising on social what? media you like everyone what? else? Because I mean, it works so darn well. 
<laughs> what you've got to also remember, and this is something that we don't give ourselves credit for, and I'm going to bang, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back here. We are, we are the leaders in this. We are the leaders in this sort of technology. We have always been the leaders in this. We were the leaders in digital radio. We were the first to do it. We were the first to go national. We would have we introduced the thing. We introduced digital TV. We invented the thing. We are, we have, you know what? People go, oh, not English telly or British telly. It's this, that, and the other. You've never been out of the country if you think ours is bad. You know, we are, you know, why not? Let's, yeah. let's, bang, let's bang our drum here. We are the best at this. And it's not surprising that we're going to be the first that reach more than 50% because we started it. We are, you know, there can't be many countries where it's a completely um, digital TV service already. You know, it's been completely digital service here for quite some time now. Um, the, uh, you know, our free view system. So basically, if you've got a TV that works... It has to have free view of some sort. And that means you've got basically 100 free channels. Okay? You, I don't think there's many other places in the world that you can say that. And I would say 50 of those are worth watching. I mean, you can't say that in America on 50 of the most expensive paid channels. So, you know, no, I'm not surprised. I think we lead it. Um, there is also the, the fact that because I work in... Media, because, you know, I, I actually work in this nonsense. And a lot of the stuff I do goes into advertising. Please save my soul. Um, the cost of um, advertising are in the print media has gone down dramatically. So the cost of actually producing an advert is a lot less. So percentagely, uh, you know, a few years ago, if you put uh, an advert in the newspaper and 10 online adverts you you know they, they weren't comparable but now the 10 on pound you know the 10 online adverts probably haven't gone up but the cost of the print media has gone down so much well i mean case in point i remember um i remember when i when i started working for myself about uh, about eight years ago i the first year i was going i wanted to put an advert in the uh, in the yellow pages <clears throat> and uh, they were going to charge me almost a grand and a half Right. And at the time they said, oh, yeah, we'll throw the internet ad in for free. And yeah. uh, the, the year after that, it was yeah. something like, oh, yeah, something like no, six, no, 600, quid, around. 600 yeah. quid for the book. And it's about four, well, about two, 200 for the for the internet ad. Yeah. And then by the fourth <laughs> year, it had completely turned around. So there it was, was a shift. It, it was. Yeah. It wasn't so gradual then, by the sound of it. It, no, yeah, it was yeah. nearly it's a too, grand and a half yeah. for the for yeah. Yellow Pages or Yell.com, whatever it is, mm. whatever they're calling <clears> it now. Uh, and you got the book for free. Yeah, it's a good point you bring up about the print there. That hadn't occurred to me, to be honest. But then I think about how you know the sort of physical you know billboards they're getting creative with those as well. You know. Whether it be the placing of them, you know, I mean, well, you drive into London, there's digital billboards up all exactly. over the shop. I mean, even for the the, for want of a better word, old fashioned billboards, there's places around Nottingham where you know a, a banner will suddenly appear down the side of a building. You know, it, it'll be you know the advert will be relevant for a couple of weeks and then it will be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. things like that. Even even on the yeah, public transport, you've got the ad boards on those. Yeah, yeah. You know, half of them are digital, the others are changed regularly. Yeah. Because you, always, 
Yeah, How many don't... adverts do you notice that you're seeing anymore? Because I, it's funny, we were, mm. I don't remember what we were talking about. It, was something, it might have been when Carl was hosting the show. And I said something like, well, obviously the BBC website doesn't host any adverts. And he went, really? And he looked yeah. it up, obviously. And he went, he looked at it and went, I've never noticed. And it was because of, there's so many spaces on a webpage that you ignore because you expect that to be the box full of an yeah, advert. Never, yeah. yeah. That he hadn't noticed on the website because he trained himself not to look at those areas of a webpage because you know they're going to be adverts. Yeah. And he sort of went, Oh, wow, they're not ever. He's probably been missing half of the website. <laughs> yeah. and it's then, almost tuning yourself out, isn't it, on those sometimes? The BBC, yeah, website, the BBC <laughs> website is a bit of an oddity when it when it comes to the internet in general um you, you look at it there are no adverts there's only kind of call to action areas for for the bbc's own properties and uh, sure. i remember watching an episode of tech news today uh, on the twit network uh, was, i think it was it must have been a year ago when tom merritt was still presenting it and they were doing a story that came from bbc.co.uk and uh, lo and behold the bbc website was covered in adverts yeah outside here <laughs> yeah I mean, yes. I've, when i've used the bbc in america it's like oh, yeah. sorry where's the news gone yeah it's somewhere squeezed in amongst all those uh, adverts uh, certain creams that you have to be a certain age to need but yeah so I'm, I'm not surprised about this story but it does go to show but we are we are the market leaders in this and also you think things like i don't know i've got a huddle in front of me um i don't notice but I reckon if you use the huddle the way they intend to, I mean, 50% of what you see on it is an advert. Mm. You know, but I mean, I don't ever use those. I, I turn it on, I go straight to my app. I never even look at those, the parts of it. But um, I think if we had a world with less advertising, I, I think in a funny way, I think we'd start to miss it. I, I, I think it's odd sometimes if I don't get, if I go to a website now and I'm logged into my own machine, if it's not giving me a targeted advert for something I looked at recently, I sort of look at it and go, how, how, how dare you give me just an, an everyday advert? advert. Yeah. I want the advert for the thing I looked at three weeks ago on Amazon, right? And I want to see that now. And you know what? Sometimes I use those because, all right, the other day, good example, I needed some new frying pans. I bought the wrong one, which is, you know, it's fair enough. It was cheap enough it really didn't matter but you know when they're 60 quid and you can get them for 20 quid or whatever you go yeah i'll have it and then it comes and goes that's exactly the same as the one in the cupboard next to it but all right i've got two of them <laughs> anyway so i was i don't know what i was on i was looking at something else and all of a sudden this advert for the exactly same fry pan came up and i could see it was a different shape and i went that's the one i meant and I clicked it and bought it via this other website. But I don't know what I was looking at. I was reading something. It might have been a news website. I don't know what it was. But I managed to buy the right frying pan at the right price because it had been tracking me and he knew I was looking for frying pans. So, you know, it, it, it does work. So hmm. they sold me a frying pan for 20 quid on that site and I didn't pay six, yeah. and I didn't pay 60 quid for the frying pan that I would have paid 60 quid for because eventually I'd have had to have given up looking for it half price or less. Uh, the you only... The only targeted ads I tend to get are ads for native instruments and stuff. Yeah. From YouTube, YouTube to blogs to everything, it's all native yeah. instruments adverts. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I mean some, sometimes these targeting systems are slightly flawed, but generally they do actually get it right a lot more now, mm. it seems. It's like, you know, to the point where, you know, maybe we're not noticing, but then later when you do think, oh, I might need something like this, 
But the thing you, is, you are if, recalling it. If you set it up yourself, e.g., you know that, I don't know, I will, I will look for this thing on Amazon, right? I don't need it now, but I'm going to start searching Amazon because I know for the next few weeks, I'm going to get those targeted adverts on that subject. And sometimes I have been known to do that. I don't want it now, but I will look up a certain thing because I know everywhere I go on the internet for a little while, I will see that and someone will give me that offer. And it's a way of setting it up for yourself. I'm using them. You're, they're using me and the product is sold to me at the price I want. Brilliant. Everyone's a winner. And, and I mean, back, back to the point about, you know, if there was no, literally no advertising, you know, Piccadilly Circus would look very different, wouldn't it's, it? It certainly would. We'd have to it go back to would. selling, we'd have to go back to advertising cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, but yeah, you know, but that, that, you know, you could go there, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, the adverts are there, but do they, do they necessarily have, you know, are they necessarily noticed in a, you know, in a way? You know, it's like, it's, like like I say, it's, you do get to a point where you tune them out sometimes. You so. do. I, I, but but I that's why they're getting more creative with the digital yeah. you know, sort of medium for it, which yeah. is can only, well, can only be a good thing, it's, can't it's it? Better, really? It's certainly better for the consumer if, if, we, if yeah. we can get more relevant stuff hmm. that we don't have to just ignore the advertising for. Because if we ignore the advertising, then oh, these sites don't get paid. Right, shall we move into the trailer park? I was particularly, particularly hey. happy with that one. I nearly called it trailer trash, but I thought that might be a bit, little bit insulting. <laughs> that uh, sounds a bit too Britney Spears for me. Oh, oh, burn! Right, <laughs> right. This story from the Verge—they've um, they've gone through um, many trailers. Uh, this week is all about some big names finally coming back: Terminator, Bond, and Saul Goodman. But there's plenty of small stuff, too, with some great comedians and others, uh, with some strange sci-fi and fantasy. And uh, on their page, which which caused Chrome to lock up rather spectacularly earlier for me, um, they they start. Uh, let's just let's just stick to the big uh, the big the big trailers. Uh, they start with a new Terminator Genesis trailer. Nothing to do with the popular prog rock band. Um, yeah, that's spelled very differently. Spelled very differently. Um, I'll tell you what, I, uh, uh, it's, it's as if they're trying to kind of apologise for Terminator 3 and perhaps 4, although I, I sort of enjoyed 4. Um by saying, "Well, here's all the good bits from one and two. <laughs> yeah, here, here's how we, it was almost how how can we go back to what that first one was, even though they don't really have to, you know, because of the way the the film plot worked. It's all you know, as the, as the doctor would say, it's all very timey wimey. You know. Yeah, it's it just it seems as if they're trying to do a, a kind of a a Star Trek J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek remake reboot on it." Mm. You know what the trouble is, and they're going to have a trouble with this. I look at a lot of the things that they're rebooting or yes. re, <laughs> rejigging, re golly wobbling. I don't know what it is. What the problem is is something like Terminator. As much as it, it wasn't a bad story, actually, it wasn't a bad movie. It was a bad. It was you know thing. But if you are going to use one of the biggest stars on the planet, who it's never going to have that feel and it's always going to be a problem you know there's that's one of the problems with the films they try and remake they go this was really successful we need to remake it but they don't look at why it was really successful 
it was really successful because it was a good film made by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who became and is and was a really big player at the time. And it doesn't matter who, how good you make a remake or reboot or any of these other things. It's never going to be, all right, speaking for me, it's never going to be Terminator because it's not mm. some Austrian bloke with a bad accent, right? And it hasn't got that thing about mm. it. So, and that, it's sort of, the mm. thing they're trying to get at is the one thing that they can't get at because of yeah, it, they, where the popularity comes misses from. the point. Yeah. yeah. And I, I sort of, yeah. I mean, it's like the Highlander film. In a funny way, the remake of Highlander might work purely on the grounds of who, who other than people that like Highlander know who Christopher Lambert is. He was in the Mortal yeah. Kombat film. Well, there you go. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking yeah. that back at all. Who other than the Yeah, who other than the people? So that's my point. Well, so the combat film respect, was a masterpiece. In in a funny way, it the Terminator film, not Terminator film, the Highlander film could work, right? Because it's not based on, you know, don't change the music. You know, don't don't get. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of. Who's that big band that Queen. all the girls scream? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the band that all the girls scream at now. Uh, the Beatles. Like five, no, Five Boys and they won Pop uh, oh, X Factor. Um, so. Direction, yeah. yeah direction. you go, One Direction. As oh, long as they're going to get yeah. One Direction to do cover versions of the Queen songs, they'd be all right. Yeah, but. They've ripped off a Bowie song quite spectacularly. I heard it on Friday. Have Disgusting, they? yeah. Oh, dear. But anyway, that bloke, that, he sort of orbited the world, did that, didn't he? Ground control to major... Anyway, I think he had a bit more of an excuse. But anyway, the point is, yeah, I mean, they're trying to reboot things that were based in... Again, you think, right, uh, Terminator, you got uh, uh, Schwarzenegger, they did the Total Recall. Now, if Total Recall was an okay movie back in the day, and they were just rebooting a film that was an okay movie back in the day on storyline... Mm it would have had something going for it more than the fact that, but it hasn't got Schwarzenegger in it. And I'm only using Schwarzenegger. It's like, you know, okay, you might, I don't know if you like Rambo or Rocky, but it was still Rambo and Rocky because it had Stallone in it, mm. you know. And, you know, someone would come, oh, we're going to redo. They did do a Son of Rambo. I think there was a comedy or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And th- that's my that's my problem. And the, the things they try and reboot, they try and reboot off the back of which is big, so therefore people will want them. You can't have that very thing if it was based on a popular culture icon at the time, and that yeah. that is where they pers- consistently go wrong. Yeah. I'm 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 excited to to see it, to, to see what exactly what they've done, what plans they have for the Terminator. Yeah, I mean, you you did get the sort of glimpses of Arnie in that trailer, didn't you? Mm. you know, and the fact that he himself, you know, tweeted out, you know, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, but I bet I bet you're in it for about three seconds. Well, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think the CGI. I hope, I hope for more. I hope for more. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The the CGI younger version of him looks like he's going to be back. So that that'll mm. be that'll be interesting. Um, the next one that comes up is uh, is the new James Bond film Spectre. Mm. Yeah, this, uh, is, this is more of a cast announcement. This than is a more of a cast announcement. They put out they put out the um, the sort of the revealing of the name done in the old Alien style, mm. um, which I think was was actually used again in Interstellar. Actually, I think they drew that mm. up in a similar way, or it was another sci-fi film that I'd seen recently. Mm. Um, yeah, 
What do you What do you reckon, Tony? Are you Are you, are you excited? Are you excited by the casting? Do you like the I, car? <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of like. You know, I've always, I have enjoyed. You know, Daniel Craig's outings. We'll We'll, we'll forget Quantum of Solace. <laughs> To let's, be honest, yes, let's. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> every James Bond got one you need to forget. Is that how it works? <laughs> well, George Lazenby has got you. You just got yeah, to yeah. Those. It's kind of yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there, there's it, it, it makes it almost forgivable because the other ones were so good and and they did something slightly different with the Bond, you know, format almost. It's like yeah, you still had the gadgets or whatever, but you know, you've you've also got you know different. Yeah, different different ways they took the plot that they probably couldn't have done back in the sort of Roger Moore days or anything. So I'm interested. Sorry, uh, was there plot with Roger Moore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of the individual films, you know, I mean, you had you had the one where he got married, didn't you? And you know, she ended I, up dead by the end of it. I yeah. raised my eyebrow. I mean, you've yeah. got uh, you had you had these. Um, Wasn't that Diana Rigg? Yes, it was. Yes, <laughs> I got something. Excellent. I remember something. It's going to be. It's going to be directed by Sam Mendes, like the uh, like the last one. Um, new new members include Andrew Scott, who played uh, Moriarty in BBC's yeah, Sherlock. If he's um, going to be a villain again, it's like I just hope he doesn't get sort of typecasters. He could end up being pigeonholed, couldn't he? Um, yeah. Christoph Waltz, who was in, um, he was. Uh, he was in uh, Inglorious Bastards, I think. Uh, Dave Batista, Monica Bellucci, and Leah Sado. Um, but uh, some of the that, some of the yeah. other cast are, um, that, that are also returning. Getting around, isn't he? <laughs> Sorry, that Dave Batista you know, is one of the wrestlers that has actually sort of, despite WWE, made it into. Yeah, yeah. He's. Pro- I think he's playing a henchman, though, isn't he? Yeah, and it's it's like yeah. I yeah. thought they were all South American rebels. I thought that Batista was South American rebels. I've no idea, mate. Okay, um, Ralph Ralph finds uh, Rafe finds. Apologise. Uh, Naomi Harris, Rory Kinnear, and Ben Wishaw round out the cast, and they of course are returning cast members. I called him Ralph. Don't worry about it. Do you call him Ralph? Oh, I do. Does he not enjoy it? No, it goes on about Chekhov and boring things like that. Does he? Oh dear. Oh yeah. Dear. He does make a nice cup of tea, though. Does he? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. It's not all bad. All right. Well, there we go. Um, and uh, and last but not least, there's uh, Better Call Saul, which is. Um, which is sounds the, like a disease. Yeah. Yeah. Better Call Saul. Still have seen that little yeah. teaser that we got before, you know, the one where it was sort of as if he was talking to a jury. Yeah. Yeah, that little soundbite, you know. Yeah, they've they've um, they've tried to be a bit clever with releasing all these little clips of um, of Better Call Saul, I think. But uh, I th- I think if it can it, it can only hope to um, uh, evoke um, Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, um, evoke memories of Breaking Bad. I don't think it will ever surpass it. Yeah. Um, unless, it, unless of course, it turns out to be an absolute masterpiece and we'll all be eating our words in a year's time. You're not talking about James Bond anymore, are you? No, 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 no. 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 Right. No, My wife mentioned something about a sequel thingy to Breaking Bad-y thingy. Have you thingy. watched Breaking Bad yet? I've watched it by association. Ah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. No, yeah. is the answer. I mean, I mean I, yeah, but- look, it's still current. Enough people still know of it or enjoying it. I mean, I will come to it 
when you've all said, oh, yeah, that was that thing that they did in the in the 20-somethings. <laughs> yeah. This thing they did in the teens. Yeah. It, to be fair, that's the approach I had with um, Battlestar Galactica. I watched it. I think I ended up starting after it had actually finished the new right. one. Yeah. Well, I, I still haven't to... managed all of Star Trek's next generation yet, so yeah. come on. Yeah. I had go. to force yeah. the end of Battlestar Galactica. I had to force it through because it was Ooh. just getting so... Yeah wrapped up in itself. I take it we're talking about some modern remake of Battlestar Connect. Oh, yeah. 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 We're not talking about the one back Yeah, in yeah, I've only just caught up with the original thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And of course, the last, the last trailer in the park, so to speak, uh, this story also from The Verge, House of Cards Season 3 trailer reveals release date. Now, less of a trailer, more of a sort of an animated gif, really. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was on the site, wasn't it? it I think yeah. I, I didn't have to press play or anything. So yeah. Well, as, could... as I was as I was saying earlier, it's it, um it it kind of they've done that thing again where uh, I remember last it was this time last year Netflix sent a yeah yeah they sent a big big email around to everybody saying oh the, the new series of um of House of Cards starts in January and it was um it was basically um what's his name. Um, just looking down, and you didn't realise it was an animated GIF, and he just looks up very slowly, and it was nice and smooth. Was, yeah. Here's a question. Oh yes, Recognized. has anyone rewatched the second season yet? Um, I plan to. Now that plan this is two, but you haven't done it. No, right? I have. Yeah. But it, uh, yeah, it's. <coughs> I think it's probably because it's. It was so exhausting. Mm. I see. In hindsight, I'd say. Not a patch on the first series. Uh, no. Maybe the not, weird thing but... is, I've watched, I rewatched the original trilogy because that popped back up on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah. I th- I I plan to rewatch the um this the the, uh, mm. the the second series. But I mean, yeah, I, some, I, I did the same. Fearing maybe. <laughs> yeah, I did the same. I did the same with the first series before the second started. Uh, just sat through it all again because I, I, th- I thought the second series, especially the first episode of the second series, oh. I mean, that really hit you like a train coming out of a tunnel, that didn't it? Yeah, um, it's <laughs> almost a euphemism in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure there um, was yeah. a spoiler yeah, in there as well. I didn't, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was good, and I did ninja it if that's the colloquialism we go for, but um, there was the there was the manipulation of that senator in the first series and, um, you know, his, the way that panned out, right? Um, there was obviously the uh, manipulation of the press in the first series that was different. Mm. Um, it, it was it was more about him and less about the office, mm. you know, right. and right. the second one was too much about, you know, it was just basically a battle between yeah, him and the it, president, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was, it was what it was about. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it was to take it, to sort of draw the comparison with the original trilogy, you know, where he ended up. Yeah, where know, he did. In the place he did, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I just, I just felt the first series was so... The first series, funnily enough, it, it was slightly behind the original. You know, it was, yes. and that's why when they started the second series, I was thinking, well, they haven't got long to sort this out. No. <laughs> yeah, that's why it hit you. I could say, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that wasn't bad trying to get through all that without spoiling it. But don't get me wrong, the second series was good. The mm. second, the first series, though, was one of those things that was just like, wow. 
and it, it felt like more of an event anyway because of the whole press that surrounded it at the time you know the, but it was wor- it was definitely worthwhile it was definitely yeah. oh, you know they couldn't have hyped it enough for it to be overhyped mm-hmm. because it was that good anyway look, I'm, I'm looking forward to it um i think you know hindsight 10 years down the line because i nearly bought them on dvd actually recently really? I, was in H- I was in hmv good heavens and i was just like they were on there and i went oh. yeah and i was thinking hold on a minute they're never coming Wait. off netflix are they no they're not <laughs> so, of, of all like, the streaming on, services on, they're not going to leave yeah who made this again oh, yeah yeah, yeah. It's not like Netflix is going to be well, a headline next week saying Netflix like, to lose hot Netflix like, drama. Okay, what, what, yeah. Yeah, there is but are Netflix selling out. that to any other TV channels? Probably. Um, okay, so I mean, will you find it on the BBC one day? Or? I, think it's on the te- I think it's on television in some countries in Europe. Yeah, Mainly because Netflix those. aren't there. Right, yeah, exactly. Regions where you haven't got Netflix, that's where they're relying on the DVD or whatever, isn't it? I mean, but, actually, but, you think about it. If Netflix stuck it on BBC, maybe the first series, can you imagine how many people oh, then join Netflix yeah. once they've already seen that first series? Yeah. Go, no, I've got to see the second series. Even if it's on a month's free trial, I've got yeah. to see the second series. Yeah. You would. Well, that was that was their original, um, that was one of their things that they were saying. Sorry, Tone, Carol. Hmm. Yeah, that, that was the whole thing with the original. It's like, that was a big driver to get people into Netflix in the first place, wasn't that? Yeah, but can you imagine if you could use the BBC to do your advertising? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, be interesting. Yeah, you show this it? at prime time on a Sunday evening mm-hmm. and yeah. watch our I mean, figures go through the roof. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. Well, as soon I mean, as the I mean, fall's finished, you can you can show it in that time slot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, the other little sort of trailer that we haven't mentioned that I have seen that was interesting was for uh, Black Mirror White Christmas. I think oh, it was yeah. mentioned in The Verge. Yeah, it's the Charlie Brooker you know, sort oh, of yeah. series. That it's going to be a jolly one then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the whole thing. It's meant to be sort of Twilight Zone type stories, you know, sort of satire and parody of the modern world, you know, modern culture and so on. And What's that going to be on? Is it on BBC or uh, Channel Four? It's on Channel Four, oh, right? Yeah, so is he married so to Connie Huck. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah, he is. There you go. Blue you know God, like Charlie Brooker. You're a ver- veritable no, I knew, fountain. I used of... to know Connie Huck back in the day. Did she you? used to work with my yeah. brother as well. But oh. anyway, but yeah, yes, yeah, you know, it's, it's another one. It's looking interesting. I did enjoy the series when it was there. You know, and obviously all that's still on 4D. But the little trailer, it's sort of. Yeah, it had somebody being blocked, you know, like it would be on Facebook or whatever, but like they could see them in front of them. It's like blocking and they sort of turn gray and fuzzy. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to ignore you. I can't hear you. I can't see you. So that, that it looks, it looks fascinating. <laughs> he did sound good last year, didn't he? It was one of his, you know, did it was it how television ruined the world or something. Wasn't yeah. that? Well, no, that's a very good series. Yeah, and then he did things like Dead Set as well, which was yeah. just stupendous. <laughs> it's an incredibly witty man. Oh, yeah. Even, even if, yeah. It, oh, you don't have to does. agree with him. He's just very, very, very clever. Exactly. Yeah. Good brain on him. Right, let us move into the movies. We've one story this week for the movies. This also from The Verge. Star Trek 3 has lost its director. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 I know you'd be celebrating about this one, Tone. Musical chairs on the deck of the Starship Enterprise. Robert Orsi is no longer 
the director of Star Trek Three. Orsi, who co-wrote the uh, the first two films, and uh, with longtime writing partner Alex Kurtzman, stepped into the role after J.J. Abrams went to Star Wars. No word on the reasons for Orsi's departure, but this would have been Orsi's first time directing a major film. Oof. God for that. I can hear the conversation now. Yeah. Look, <laughs> if you want Abrahams, get Abrahams. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's probably been told, no, 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 that's not how JJ would have done it. No, that's not how JJ would have done it. And he yeah. probably went, you know what? If it smells like JJ and yeah. it looks like JJ. Yeah. So when the trailer for this comes out, are we going to get the JJ Abrams edition like we did with the Star Wars trailer? You know, the. the <laughs> The Force Awakens trailer where we got the George Lucas edition at one yeah, point. Yeah, we will. Yeah, it'll just be endless lens flares. There are yeah. lens flares. I don't, I don't understand be, what people are saying about that. Lens flare. That Star Wars, Star Wars trailer. There are lens flares in Absolutely it. Absolutely there, there are. Yeah, there are there are the, the trademark stuff. That that trailer looks like a, looks like the last two Star Trek films. But from what I know about optics, right, oh, you yes. need an atmosphere for a flare <laughs> to actually be produced. Okay. See, for instance, stars. Stars don't twinkle. Stars don't have star shine. They don't have that little, you know, that, you know, the little points of light that come out. They don't have that. Stars are actually balls of light. And if you are in space looking at a star, it is a dot of a ball of light. There is no such thing as lens flare or star flare or any of that. It doesn't exist. So just to make a point, Mm. Not uh, a very are interesting saying, one, by the looks of it. Nice. Are you saying Abrams sucks the atmosphere out of a, you know, <laughs> yes, a trailer? Yes, he please. sucks all the atmosphere out of all the Star Trek yeah. films he's ever made. I but, mean, I mean the, the interesting thing about this story was one of the um, rumours for his replacement. Edgar Wright, yes. Oh, and Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> yeah. And they've suggested that if he wants to put Scotty, Simon Pegg, on a planet with his long-lost pal Nick, Nick Frost, and rekindle their friendship while running away from evil Tribbles, yes, we definitely watch that. In no, no, Mr. Verge, I would not. I, I'd consider it. <laughs> yes. but, but, but then again, we've already had the world's end, so... We have, yeah. The Cornetto trilogy is the complete. sci-fi take in the Cornetto trilogy. Mm. Yeah. You could have the world's end is not enough. Hmm. Well, by- <laughs> and that's back to Bond again. Indeed. <laughs> Barring any changes, Star Trek 3 will reportedly hit theatres in 2016. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling Interstellar has kind of ruined me for, for sci-fi for films for the foreseeable future, I think. You said that was quite good, didn't you? It was superb. Yeah. Okay. Really, really good. Amazing. I'm still watching Blake 7 myself. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, this is that's, better. That's my level of lens flare. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a remake. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's the Americans going to do a remake of Blake 7? Or did I imagine that? Um, yeah, they were, yeah. Mm. That went quiet, didn't it? <laughs> they probably did a pilot of it. It turned out to be not very good. Um, and the Australians Fast- did one instead. It's called, uh, yeah. it's called um, Farscape. Farscape, yeah. 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 Nearly called I it Firescape for a minute. They nearly I, <laughs> got I it mixed up with Firefly. <laughs> Now, I started watching Farscope again. Um, Did you? Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good, it is good stuff, isn't it? Let's yes. get into the stream. Netflix wants, <laughs> wants to tweet you a reminder when Marco Polo is available. That's nice of her. This story also from they The not? Verge. 
Could they possibly not? Could they possibly not? <laughs> yes. In fact, I'll tell you what, I use new on Netflix and I'll do a request to be blocked any time anything comes up that says Marco Polo. On it. Indeed. Netflix wants you wants to make sure you remember to check out Marco Polo the minute it is available, whether you're at work or, or not. Uh, to that end, the company is testing a new Twitter ad that will send you a reminder on or around <laughs> one minute past three AM Eastern time, twelve AM. Pacific time, uh, next Friday, December the 12th. Doing so will prompt you <laughs> to tweet the following message from your account. On 12-12, I will face the great Kublai Khan. Join my mission at Marco Polo MP. Premier, hashtag Netflix reminder. You know Gosh, how early we run about Dear innovation me. in advertising? Mm. <laughs> and how we're leading the way? This is the kind of advertising I don't like. Exactly. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome started off like that, didn't it? So- <laughs> <laughs> I was only listening to that last week. That's a fantastic yeah, album, that. It's just, you just think, you don't hear the word Kublai Khan often enough, do you? Mm. <laughs> no, there's a there's a rush a rush track. I think is it the twenty is it twenty one twelve? Oh no, it's um, it's it might be La Villa Strangiato, maybe. Right. Dear me, thousands, thousands of Rush fans screaming at me right now. But there's a, um, I think it's something like "Stand, Stand Before the Pleasure Dome," decreed by Kublai Khan or something like that. Uh, oh, it might be Xanadu, actually. Yeah, it might be. I'm just spitting out random Rush titles now. But uh, are either of you going to be um, going to be watching Marco Polo? I might have done if I'd come across it and it was a quiet release. Mm. I had yeah, I knew nothing about this at all. If, if you, you come do now, across it by I'd, normal yeah. channels, new on Netflix and so on. Yeah, I no, uh, I, I, you know what, it, I, you know, what's it meant to be? Another one. It, there was this big spate a few years ago of these great um, epic type uh, historical dramas. Um, the only trouble is, I mean, I'm still a Netflix watcher that tends to do it on a when I say small screen, it's sort of a a bedroom-sized television or a uh, uh, an iPad or maybe a laptop when I should be working type thing. 40 inches um, as opposed to 70. Well, exactly. And that type of thing seems to be... Th- there's still a place for the Sunday evening block blast, blockbuster Easy for you cereal, say. you know? And there's still a place for that. Uh, I mean, the BBC have got some good stuff going on at the moment. They've got, I mean, they've got the Michael Palin ghost thing. You know, you've got that, you know, you've got that sort of thing going on and there's still a place for it. And I don't know, these, one of the reasons I think um, House of Cards worked is because it's a small screen production. It works on, you know, it mentally works on a small screen. You don't need, but you know, you say Marco Polo, you start thinking Ben Hur, you type, you start thinking <laughs> yes. Cinemascope, and you know, these yeah, great big battles and this great big thing. Mm. And you think, yeah, do I really want to get involved in that on my iPad? Yeah. No, I don't. You know, and uh, that's I, say, the point. I save that for a big, yeah. Mm, that's where I think, I, I, that's where I think Vikings really worked because it was, it was based in a, in a time where, where really, you know, the, so the the Nordic raiding parties or whatever they were, um, it, it was all reasonably small scale. So it all fits on a TV, so to speak. It's 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 all very well doing, uh, you know, doing this. But is it really going to be good enough to to be uh, for a television audience to pro- to um, to appreciate? Yeah, it? Things get lost 
in the making of these things, if you make something really big, it's like, you know, the Hobbit type things. Now, I went to watch the first Lord of the Rings in the cinema and the scale of it was quite good. And I did last about an hour and a half before I fell asleep, right? And by my standards, that's quite good, right? But then they started with like these other things and, you know, the big and the Hobbit. And I tried to watch, I think it was the first Hobbit. I tried to watch that on TV or something. And it started to leave me cold because I could see what they were trying to do. But it wasn't big enough. It wasn't, you know, it was not made to be watched in the way that I was watching it. And they're making something which is epic, but that's going to be watched majority of Netflix. I don't know, but I reckon the majority of Netflix is not watched on very large TVs. Netflix is almost a kitchen television ties telly. It's not, it's not that thing. And I think, Mm. I think they might be, Missing a trick. And I mean, they were talking about making films and they were going to release them in the cinema at the same time as they were going to do this, a small release. Now, if they were doing something like this and if it was going to be something super duper and it was something I'd be excited about, maybe I would. Maybe I'd like to go and see Marco Poli, the Marco Poli, Marco Polo, the movie, which has got the subsequent follow on story, which is a smaller scale Mm. on Netflix or which I can watch on the TV. Mm. But, you know, I just, you know, so you've got the option to watch it at home. It just, it doesn't, I don't know, I feel like I'm missing something. That's one of the reasons I sort of watch these great big movies. If I've missed them, I don't mind watching them when they're old and they're sort of has-been type thing and then watching Mm. them on the TV because it doesn't seem quite so bad. But when you sort of, you're trying to watch something that is new, and to watch it new, you still got to just watch it on your telly, and you don't have that feel for it. It's just personal. It's just something I feel like you're missing yeah. out on. Did you think they have that sort of problem with like Game of Thrones as well? Because that's, from what I gather, that's meant to be quite sort of epic in scale. But that's as you know, it is a series made for these one-hour. I think spots. it's it's a series that wouldn't work as a as a film. You'd be you'd, yeah. You'd, you'd have even, to even though there is talk of a film. You'd either yeah. have to yeah. Well, you'd either yeah. have to create five, you know, two trilogies worth of films or something like that, mm. or you'd have to cut so much out of the original story to make one or two films. It would be yeah. It'd, it'd be have ridiculous. to be sort of almost a spin off. Yeah. It, it yeah. lend, I think Game of Thrones lends itself a bit better to uh, to episodic mm. television, let's say. But that's the thing, it's designed to be what it is. You know, it's meant to be big, but it's meant to be big, but fit on the scale of not only the television physical scale of it, you know, because if, there's a lot of these films, you know, I mean, you don't realise until you sit at home and you, you think, oh, I'm going to stick on the ProLogic. I'm going <laughs> to shut the curtains. I'm going to have the yeah. full experience. And you go... Wow, that was really cool. I watched um, um, The Thing in Space, Gravity. Gravity, yeah. No, I watched that and I started watching it. And it was in HD and it was all very good. And then I thought, hold on a minute, I've only watched the first 10 minutes, right? Pause, right? Rewind to the beginning. Shut the curtains. Make sure it was dark. Mm. Put the seat in the right place. Turned on the ProLogic. Started the movie. Bang, that was something else. Now, I wasn't I was enjoying it, but I realised, now there's something missing here. This is good, and I've just got a feeling it could be extraordinary, yeah? Mm. And it was. Now, 
that's the difference. The the Game of Thrones, if you did all that in Game of Thrones, I think it would be a noise because it's not it's not been built to be that thing. It's been built to be a big TV show, not a a film coming down to a TV. And like I say, now we go back to Marco Polo where we started. It's something that's been I oh, got that wrong again, but it's something that's it it's got the feel, it's it's got the size, it's got the idea of being a great big cinematic thing. And you know, it it doesn't float my boat because I feel like I dunno, know, it's like I You feel a bit cheated, perhaps. It could have yeah, been but it, it could have been more something like more. It, if it's if it's gonna be an event, then let's have the event. You know, if we're gonna have razzmatazz, we're gonna have big and bold and you know, thousands of people screaming, running over hills and killing each other and whatever. That's fine. But then let's do it in the place where I can get the full atmosphere of it. And it feels like, I don't know, I don't really want to sit there with my headphones on and my MacBook Pro going, hmm, yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll just rewind that bit because I'm sure something was going on over there, but it's just too much crammed into a 17-inch screen. It's yeah. no good. Using anyway. silver light on your MacBook Pro so the fan's going mad and your legs and are burning. And it'll start spinning all the yeah. time. And it'll go... <laughs> Superlight has failed. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's in me, right? It's in me. But lately, I'm getting an awful lot of weird buffering coming on uh, both Amazon and Netflix, which I never got. And I know it's not my connection is uh, whatever it is, 116 megabit, right? That's not a problem. But I'm getting buffering, and I think it's just some sort of hardware thing that's going on with the software. Well, hardware thing going on with the software. You know what I mean? You get more, more, more stuff going on with buffer bloat these days in your in your router and things like that. Maybe it's yeah, time it's to weird, restart. Weird stuff going. Yeah, let's yeah. just blow the whole lot up. Turn it off. Turn it on again. Mm. Job done. Mm. Ah, right. Let us move into the final section of the day, and that is the arcade. Hey, Sinclair's ZX Spectrum is coming back as a retro gaming console. This story from the verge take your head out of your hands tone so clive sinclair earned his knighthood by building some of the earliest and earliest affordable computers for the home back in the 1980s yes all that plastic horrible tat one of his best loved machines was the zx spectrum think of it as the uk equivalent to the commodore 64 yes which is now being recreated by an indiegogo project endorsed by sir clive himself the new sinclair spectrum vega simplifies the original keyboard into a rectangular gamepad and comes preloaded with a thousand games for the Spectrum. What's more, you can use an SD card to load up old Spectrum games you still have lying around. What, on tapes? Or on microdrive tapes? And, <laughs> and the company behind the project, Retro Computers, promises to uh, iteratively release more free games once the console is out. Now, Tone, you and I were... Um, you and I were talking about this before the show, that the, 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 what they've done is taken the original Spectrum, reduced it inside a little bit, removed most of the buttons. Yeah, the useful buttons. The useful buttons. <laughs> the things that actually made it a computer in the first place. Yeah. And uh, they basically turned it into a gamepad, yeah. quite possibly one yeah. of the most ergonomically horrendous gamepads I've ever and, seen. And expensive ones. Yeah. Did you see the price of it? I did see the price, yeah. yeah. It's like, and I, I'm not, much as I like the idea for nostalgia and retro, you know. Yeah. But that's uh, all no, it no, is. No, 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 no. Nostalgia and retro means you need a spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Much as I like the, the concept, the idea behind it, 
I don't see why you couldn't do this with a, without a, you know, you could do it better with an emulator or something you, like you that. Could. Well, the thing is, whenever I get, whenever I get a hanker... Watch. Yeah. When yeah, I, when probably. Yeah. Yes, your Apple Watch will be able to run this ZX Spectrum malarkey. Um, yeah. Whenever I, whenever I feel nostalgic for the... Um, for, for the for the days of my Amiga 500 with its one meg of RAM and battery backed up clock, um, you get uh, that out. Yeah, I get. I I have two options. I can go out to the roof. I can dig out um, said Amiga 500. I can then try and find the TV modulator for it, and then try and find a television that will actually um, that will Modul- actually work modulator. with it. Yeah, they will actually modulate. Um, and um, and then I think ah. The second option is uh, is just yeah, just start up Win UAE and spend a couple of hours playing. I don't know, Eliminator, Cannon Fodder. Yeah, I always find whenever I want to do anything like that, it always lasts just about as long as it takes to unpack everything and yeah. turn it on again. <laughs> yeah, which is why emulators uh, are such beautiful things. Yeah, no, I mean you need to sort of get it out of your system. Yeah, but it's enough just to go through the rigmarole of plugging it. It's like scale electric. Yes, it's always it's always a good idea until you put it together and go, oh no, where's where's the dry joint? Where's the you know? And it's a waste of time, and then it all flies off. Why can I you smell know, smoke? Not, <laughs> why do I have to spend four hours putting these rubber bumpers on it? Why can't they just stop them flying off every bend? You know. Mm. Um, so I I bought my oh, one of my kids, and it was like a ten or something a couple of Christmases ago. It was a it looked like an Atari joystick. And inside the joystick was, um, you know, it's made by Atari, but inside the joystick, I don't know what it was, 50 games or something. So what it was, a joystick, but inside that joystick was the entire system. I mean, there's even been more recent versions of that. There's been like the Sega Master System and the Mega Drive. You've had the... You know, tiny versions of them. It was meant to look like a little cartoony version of yeah. them. Well, people have had... put Mega Drives inside an old cartridge. <laughs> for yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I like the the better spin on it for me was the Commodore sixty four idea, where they took an old sixty four case and put brand new components in. They fitted it with Blu ray drive. You know, brand new motherboard. They turned it into a PC. You know, proper powerful PC in this. Commodore 64 case. Yeah, I think they and, and then you run an emulator on that. <laughs> they released See, what, a yeah, what, they released what, a black version of that. That actually looked like yes. a really nice computer. Mm. So what you got to remember, okay? Because being in this, you just weren't born, right? Yes. At the time, <laughs> you were right. I had a mate that had a Vic Twenty, and we all felt sorry for him because his parents were wealthy enough to go and buy. It's come out. It's come out. This is the first one of those. But they went for the VIC-20. They didn't wait for the Commodore 64. And I had other friends that had the Spectrum, and they thought they were the, you know, they were the dog's doodars. You know, they thought they had the thing. And I had a BBC Micro, and then I got the Commodore 64 to go with it. Now, there was it was the VHS Betamax. It was the Apple. It was the Windows. It was the, are you Android or iOS? It was that was the thing of the day. And yet they had more games, right? But they reminded me more, because it was the first one to have color, because that came out before the Commodore 64, you know? And the VIC-20 just didn't have anything. It was just so slow. I mean, that was it. Was it 20... 
Me- no, it wasn't 20 megabyte. It'd been 20 kilobyte, wouldn't it? Would it would have been 20 kilohertz, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or perhaps it had 20 bytes of memory <coughs> or something. It was something unbelievable. But I always found, I remember it was called Hunchback. And it used to take six minutes for the tape to load up, right? But one every one every five goes when it actually worked. It was the <laughs> game. Yeah. It was the game of the century. Now I bought that on an emulator recently. Right. Uh, it wasn't even an emulator. I think it was a real version that someone had actually written, and I think it was on the Mac, right? Mm. And I reckon I played it for about four or five hours straight. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Because well, you, you could look, never get the original machine to stay going for that long. Oh, no. I, you know, <laughs> once you clocked it, you know, when we were kids, that was what you called it, clocked it. And it went back to the beginning. It just got a bit faster. And you used to go <laughs> round again and again and again and again and again. And, and then it got to a point <laughs> that it just physically wasn't possible to jump over these things at the speed when someone was firing arrows at you. But that's what it was in the day. I mean, I had friends and they had. Um, they had Commodore, and they'd have these games, and I don't know, it was even the type of game, they used to absolutely love them. Was it called Alex Kid or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was Avenue Amiga. To, yeah, and they used to go, oh, you got to look at this, and, and I used to watch it, and it was just, I don't know, it, the graphics grated on me. The gameplay grated on me. And I, I found the Commodore 64 was more to do with, the games were slower, but the graphics were greater, you know? Um, but the machine obviously just wasn't powerful enough to do anything clever with it. Mm. But, you know, it was a real, they were two camps. If they brought out, I mean, I, my, my little brother at the end had a Commodore 64 with a, a floppy drive. And that was like, Ooh, you know, that was that a was, luxury. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then a friend of mine got a Commodore one to eight and we just thought that was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine um, almost looked like a real computer and it had a built in splot- Sprite editor. Ooh. And that was like, no, no, you can't have that. If you can't, lucky, code that, yeah. if you can't code that by hand in your own memory, you know, you didn't mm. even grid it out. You had to sit there going, right, so if it's a 127, it's a 63. And, and you used to like, <laughs> yeah. sit there in your head and, you know, we used to write sprites and things in their head. And they had a built-in sprite and it had a numeric keypad and that was too much. He, he must have come from real money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oil money. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my, uh, my BBC, uh, I think I've probably mentioned this a few times, but my, uh, my BBC Model B had, uh, had a Watford Electronics DFS. Yeah. Didn't even realise you were born. Have some of that. (laughs) One thing I do remember about the the 64, and I think it applied to the Spectrum as well. I had I had one, I'd been given one with a load of games, you know, literally a crate full of tapes, and a great big thick book, How to Code in Basic. Oh yeah. Like yes. And I, I did try quite a few of the little tricks in it, but I never quite got it together into a I've, somewhere, somewhere, I've still got the the book that came with the BBC Micro, which has got that colourful owl on the front of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the BBC, yeah, how to program in BBC Basic. It's a huge. Did, did you ever have book. any of the underlays that used to go under the plastic strip for when you had like word processors? Oh or yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember we we had Those a bunch of them at days. school. Oh dear, oh. for the for the F keys for the function keys. Yeah, the bright red function keys and the break, which if you pressed it <laughs> accidentally, it would just take you back to BBC computer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, brilliant. 
Oh, uh, and he used yeah. to do enveloping with the sound. Oh, do you remember all that? Yeah. No, I remember. Uh, oh. so oh, happy times. Happy so times. It's nostalgia, isn't yeah. it? Well, rounding out our. Um, I was our, about 25 when that came. Oh, dear. <laughs> that wasn't really. More like three or four. <laughs> Uh, rounding out our, um, rounding out our, our the arcade. Uh, we have a, a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of the, the epitaph uh, because uh, video game pioneer Ralph Byer has died. Um, oh, I read that this morning. Yeah, yeah video game Ralph Byer has died uh, at the age of ninety-two. Uh, Mr. Byer is widely seen as the father of video games for his pioneering work that uh, led to the creation of the Odyssey games console. The Odyssey, licensed to TV maker Magnavox, went on sale in nineteen seventy-two and inspired many other firms to make their own consoles. Mr. Byer also created the first peripherals for consoles and invented many popular electronic games. Born in Germany, Mr. Byer and his family fled the country before World War II and emigrated to the United States. As a teenager, he took up electronics and trained as a radio service engineer. After the war, uh, this background led him to a career in electrical engineering that, in 1966, saw him create a brown box console that let two people take e- take each other on in several different games, including a crude, uh, by modern gaming standards anyway, version of table tennis. That was the first, obviously the first bat and ball. It's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? That the first, the first games, really the first games console, uh, was out in 19, 1972. But, well, I uh, reckon our first one, and I'm trying to think how old I was. I, I remember we had a binatone, but that was the second one. The binatone was black mm. and orange. Now we had this gray thing beforehand and, um, you had two puddles each and it had sliders on the paddle. Right, and it had four games, and they were all basically the same game. It was football, tennis, squash. Uh, basically, you were defending a patch on the sort of side of yeah. the screen. Yeah. Anything that involves uh, bouncing doubles. a dot off a line. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and it depended how many lines you had behind you, which made either a goal or backhand. And, I mean, that was, I mean, when we had that, I'd never seen one before. My dad's friend owned Rumbelows. He was the TV people. And he got this prototype of this gaming machine. And I reckon I was a, it was probably about 75 or 76, probably 75, 1975. And you have no idea how mind blowing that was in the day. Then we went, when we got the Binatone, and that came with a gun. And it was the same four games with two shooting games. Um, I think you could play doubles on that as well. Uh, what were the controllers on the on the Binatone? Well, on the Binatone, I remember you used to turn the knob. It was just like a little dial. Yeah, because yeah. I, I reckon we had one of those. Down. I yeah. reckon we had one of those because we had um, this 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 box and um, and, it, and it had a it had a little light gun and um, and it uh, had these two two boxes with with knobs on them. Yeah. And they actually sat, the you wrapped the cable yeah. into the box and you plugged the thing yeah. into the box and you put it all away. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think I've still got be- that somewhere. The switch between the games was like a big lever that you sort of yes, it down. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. that was the bit of But that was our second one. That was you know that that was um, that was the more advanced version. Mm. But I mean, when I tell you when we first saw this thing, it had like sliders um, up and down sliders, which actually made more sense when you think about it. Um, and it was just a rear stat. And that's all it was, the sliding rear stat. And um, it was, 
I didn't. I don't think the first one. I don't remember it having sound, and it certainly wasn't color. It was black and white. Mm. But I'm not sure we'd had that color telly at that point either, so I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, so it was. I reckon it was '75. So, you know, we were. But oh, you, I don't think you have. I mean, it's, it sounds patronising. You have no idea how advanced that was in the day because there was. There were, you know, what did you plug into your telly? Uh, I reckon that was probably the first ever thing we there was to plug into a TV. Unless you had an oscilloscope or something strange like that. That was the only thing <laughs> yeah. you'd ever plug into yeah. a telly. I mean, what, what, uh, no mm. one knew how to tune a telly because the guy used to come around and tune it because you only had three channels. Mm. And um, I remember when we first got that, my dad, uh, we had to decide what channel we weren't going to watch because we had three channels and you had to tune it in. Yeah, and it was like such a big palaver <laughs> tuning in this thing it was like right so what we're not going to watch we won't watch BBC2 I think ITV was going and it was like okay well, well we won't watch BBC2 we had more than one telly in the house which was like you know that was properly properly exciting and uh, I, I seem to remember we had one in the lounge as they were called then and I think my parents had one in the bedroom and it was um it was a prototype telly with a tuner, not the tuner, the screen never worked. And I remember you used to watch Match of the Day and everyone's heads were elongated. <laughs> so the, I remember that. It was probably like 20 inch and it was made by Bang & Olufsen, right? And it was 20 and it used to swivel on the stand and it was white. It was real 70s. It was bright white and it had a chrome stand and you used to turn it from side to side. But the... the Something was wrong with the tube and the sort of the top four inches of it, everything stretched. <laughs> so as they ran along, they all looked like something out of a Harry Enfield sketch, you know, it was like that type of thing. But, uh, you know, I could watch Match of the Day lying on my parents' bed. It was like, you know, it was like being in a hotel room when you were rich, you know, that's what it was like. And we had the, I don't think it went beep. I don't think it had sound, the original one. Black and white. Well, talk about nostalgia. Yeah, well, indeed, indeed. And but, people so. of my age are going to be going, God, you were rich. Yeah, well, I think... <laughs> yeah. um, we, were, we weren't. We just got the prototypes, like I say, because the guy imported them from Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's important that, um, that uh, Ralph Byers is, 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 re- is remembered as the, uh, as, as the father. He started of, all of this off. Yeah. He yeah. was the man. Video you game, know, video go, game pioneer. You know, when Wozniak and, uh, and Jobs worked for Atari... Yeah. Well, you know what? You wouldn't have Apple if it you wasn't for him. No, quite. You mm. wouldn't. No. No, there you go. Yeah. Stick that in your Macintosh and smoke it. Indeed. There you go. <laughs> have some of that. Play this. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Um, right. What have we been watching, reading, playing, or listening to this week? I'm going to start with me because I've, I've, um, I've been watching House, and that's about it. Um, I did... Uh, I forgot to mention this last week, but um, shortly after watching Interstellar, I, w- I will I will stop banging on about Interstellar after after a while. Um, shortly after shortly after watching it, I I purchased the soundtrack off iTunes, and um, that's that's a soundtrack that you really want to listen to and listen to very very loud actually, because the effect of the of the church organ and the uh, just the, all of the um, all the the big enormous moving chords that uh, that Hans Zimmer is so good at. Uh, it's definitely worth a listen. And, uh, White a shade of pale. Mm. That's the best song ever played on the church organ. Well, maybe, maybe 
you or you unless know, you're into religion then unless you're quite into, a lot of them probably are. yeah yeah <laughs> here comes a bride probably cheered a few people yeah up. yeah probably i'm sure that floats a few people's boats especially those who want to get married um but uh but yeah yeah it's it's definitely uh it's got it's got something about it that that film and the soundtrack they've both got something about them alex what is on your list sir Right, I mean, I haven't been on for quite some time. And in the meantime, I've not been too well. So I've had lots of time at home. And I've liked, I've actually watched lots of things. I've caught up on lots of things. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to mention, I'm going to mention Ripper Street because I haven't written it down. And just want to say, it's unbelievably good. I mean, I know, I think, I think uh, Carl used the word, it's your perennial. So what? Every week. Last week, right, I was at home and I was not too good on the Friday. And I didn't realise, but Ripper Street comes out quite early on a Friday. And I thought, no, it's got to be my Friday night thing. And do you know how hard it was all day knowing that it was sitting there and I wasn't I actually kept finding things to watch so I wouldn't watch Ripper Street. But anyway, it's been tremendous. It is, oh, wow. <laughs> wow, it's just, I'm not going to... I've got to shut up now. Wow, just wow. That's all I can say. I saw a man walking down the street today with a double bass over his shoulder. I just saw your guitar in the background and it just made me think that's <laughs> like a violin compared to that. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There. Yeah. I didn't realise quite. The, uh, the V drums. Yeah. Well, I didn't realise quite how big a double bass looks when it's over someone's shoulder walking down the street. But he didn't have it in the box. He just had it over his shoulder. It was like. He didn't have it in the case. No. Oh, it was quite dear. incredible. It was a bit tatty, but if you're going to walk down the street with a double bass over your shoulder, and it was all strong and everything, so it was ready to go. Be dreadfully anyway. out of tune by the time he got it in a in a, in a building. Well, probably not that difficult to tune. It's only four strings. The other day, I watched with my boy Wreck It Ralph. Mm. Now he, I, you know, he said, "Oh, Dad, we go watch this with me." I've been waiting to watch this for ages, and I think, "Oh, God." Two of my greatest things in the world, kids' movies and video games. This is going to be so exciting. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I, I oh, really, that, that means actual, I can't try it then. If, if you no, actually honestly, enjoyed it, it's going <laughs> to... No, what was really yeah. good about it, I really like the fact that it... I was thinking... Because what they were talking about is, a, is you know, a 30-year-old game, Wreck-It Ralph, or whatever the original was called. Mm. I don't know what it's called. But... They amalgamate, it was really clever. Basic, the basic premise for the story, Wreck-It Ralph, his 30 years anniversary, and he's sitting there going, I'm really bored of this. I, for 30 years, I've been punching this building, and this other guy comes along with his hammer and fixes it, and he gets all the glory, right? And I have to go off at night and live in my um, rubbish tip, and he goes to live in the penthouse, right? Of course, because once the game was over and the arcade shut, all these things came to life. So they were they were real personalities. They only played the game while people were in there, and after that, they all went to like this central place where you know they all went there. It was quite nice actually. They all sort of shot down the plug sockets onto all the multi points where all the things are plugged in, and they were like this had this central place that all the characters all met up, and it was like from all the arcade games in all the arcade, they all socialised after hours. It was actually a really nice. It was a nice premise. It was a nice story. And Wreck-It Ralph was like, I'm bored of this. I want to jump into another game because he wanted a medal. Right? So he jumped into another game. And, of course, he got this, like, cr- 
cross-pollination of game types and it was all going, oh no, it's all going wrong. And, and, and then, it, you know what? The premise was so clever. And the games that they used were games that I'd heard of and the characters in the games were coming to life and they were all interacting. It was like, how well, what would happen if you took this character from that game and put him in that game? What trouble could it cause? And vice versa. And, and it was a really, really clever idea. And it was really quite nicely made. And it, it's a kid's film. And, and, you know, there's the moral side of it. And there's, you know, a little bit of, oh, no, things could go wrong. And I thought it was a really clever premise, really nicely done. And, um, you know, maybe it's not an adult film. I mean, you're not going to waste a couple of hours by watching it. It's not a waste of time. But, you know, if you've got kids, find, get Wreck-It Ralph. It's really worth watching. And as an adult, you're like, and that's why they used old games of things, because it yeah. at least gives us something to watch. I was about to say, what about a big kid? Yeah, Yeah, no, it's fine. And the kids, you go, oh, yeah, I like that. Oh, that's clever, that is. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, I remember that game or whatever. And then you've got this bit where they're all, um, all the baddies are uh, out of the games are all meeting for, um, you know, like rehab. And all uh, sitting around the room, and you've got like the, the ghost out of Pac Man, you know, and things like that. And it's all the, it's all the baddies out of the games all sitting around the go, you know, yeah, hello, I'm, I'm the ghost out of Pac Man, and uh, I'm, I'm really a bit depressed about it, and all that sort of thing. It's really very good. So, anyway, um, watch it. It was fun. Right. Um, I'll leave those two to I watched Donnie Darko the other day. Now, I didn't know I hadn't seen it. Because every time I saw it, I read Donnie Brasco or whatever it was called. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've seen yeah. that. I need to see that again. I've seen that. I've seen that. And then I was like, I looked at it and went, no, that doesn't say. And for ages, I've been ignoring it. Yeah. Because it's just like Donnie. Anyway, so I sort of said to my wife, oh, what's that Donnie Darko like? And he could. She goes, I'll watch it. It's one of my favorites. And I didn't know. So anyway, I watched that. Um, it was confusing. It was one of the few films I actually had to sit down with my wife afterwards and go, hey, what was that <laughs> about? Yeah. 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 But the, A, what was that about? Wasn't that relevant? It was actually a good story. Very well acted, actually. Um, strange ending. I actually went on the internet to get other people's opinions of what the hell just happened. <laughs> and then there's all these people that obviously know as little as I do about it. And I was like, oh, no, no, you start talking parallel universes, you can go down, you know, go down the Wittersphere and disappear up your own. You can keep that. And it's, I, know, I, just, I sort of discussed it with my wife, and, and we come to the conclusion that well, we, we worked out what we believe it was, right? And also come to the conclusion that it absolutely didn't matter because it was a really good film. Mm. And that was the, probably the best thing that came out of it at the end. We decided, yeah, I'll be honest, it confused me a little bit because I wasn't expecting that. But then, so what? It was clever and it was a good film. And, you know, there was bits of it. I was like, yeah, go for it. And there was bits of it going, this is too weird. But, <laughs> <laughs> probably just in the right balance. I, I enjoyed yeah. that film. I mean, did you enjoy it? No, actually, I did enjoy that film because normally that type of film you wouldn't say you enjoy. But I'd say you did enjoy that. Yeah. And it wasn't so a, dark that so it was horrible. No. And there's a couple of weird films like that around at the time as well, because it's sort of late eight, late 90s, wasn't it? 
Yeah. You know, so, so you had things like Existence, you know, later The Matrix, you know, mm. which if you think about, you know, when you on the first watch, that can be weird. Mm. It's you a know. particular crop of films, that, isn't it? Yeah, very of its time, but it's, you know, it's still very watchable now, I'm, you know. Yeah. I mean, and then, and then I, I, I believe I have mentioned it on, on this before. It's, it's been there was a sort of straight to straight to Netflix sequel, right? It, that I used to watch. It was about basically about his sister, the younger sister, right? Because the girl that played his sister is his sister. Yeah, his real life. Yeah, yeah. The one that was the yeah roughly the same age sister. Yeah, yeah the one that was meant to be a year or so older. And I was thinking, yeah. God, they look alike. And I said to yeah. my wife, God, they look alike. And they yeah. went, yeah, that's because they're brother and sister. I went, right, okay. That wasn't as clever as I thought it was. <laughs> right, so I went from that and I thought, I don't know what made me go. I thought, no, I'm, I need a little bit more of that type of slightly dark side of, not horrible, but dark side. So I watched The Sixth Sense. And I've got to admit, the first time I watched The Sixth Sense, some bugger, it was one of either you, Carl, or tone and actually gone oh you know what a twat and I was like oh you <laughs> so I've never seen that film without knowing the twist so anyway I said to my wife oh you gotta watch this you gotta watch this so she watched it and then she texted me because I was at work and she texted me in the first 10 minutes and said blah 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 I went oh sod you <laughs> I was like I always thought it was a brilliant film and I really wish I could see it with the eyes of someone that didn't know never seen it yeah yeah and then within 10 minutes she wrote to me and goes Is, and I went oh yeah just watch it anyway yeah <laughs> we've, we've got a thing for that it's called Rip <laughs> yeah Rip <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> no it's, it's a shame actually because I think it's a really terrifically clever film I also think it's a good film I think there's lots of moral stories in there was the one bit I forgot about even though I'd seen it before and I went oh I forgot about that bit with the girl that he goes to visit and there's the side issue of how she became why she was in touch with him you know why she wanted his help and I'd forgotten that there was a girl that needed his help and why she needed his help. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I hated that. I hated mm. that. And I guess I forgot. <laughs> it gave me a bit of, uh, yeah, go on. You teach her a blooming lesson. Anyway, but anyway. Anyway, recently, not that recently, I watched, um, I don't know what it was called, Batman Begins. Is it called that? Yeah. Now, I didn't realise that The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises were the sequels to that. I was just thought Batman Begins, and I thought this was something I'd already seen, The Dark Knight. And then the other day, I don't know what made me flick on. It was on Amazon, which was the shock of something on Amazon, other than Ripper Street. Anyway, so I put on The Dark Knight, I went, oh, I haven't seen this, and that's that bloke, so that must be part of that series. And, um, right, now I don't know if everyone's meant to go, oh, these are great, or these are rubbish. I've never idea, right? I'm going to go by just what I thought, right? When I finished The Dark Knight, I thought, I want to watch The Dark Knight Rises, but then I realised that Dark Knight was about three hours long and I was already exhausted. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was... It was good because it was very... It was almost nothing to do with Batman. It wasn't really a Batman story because the Batman part of it was almost, you know, it was negligible. It was the Bruce Wayne story mm. with a little bit of Batman thrown in. Featuring the Joker. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, I quite like that. <laughs> I was thinking, hmm, yeah, I can see that. Um, and, you know, it, it was, a, if you like, an ad version of Batman and it wasn't about Batman saving the day and it wasn't about what Batman can do it was about what a place would be like that needed someone like Batman mm. and I thought that was really quite an interesting take on it and it wasn't about Batman and you know kapow bang wang and all that sort of stuff it was about Bruce Wayne and who was Batman you know, it wasn't about the action. It was just about, I mean, there was bits of action, but they were just to build up this understanding of a person and who was the Dark Knight and what was the purpose of the Dark Knight and not was not what the Dark Knight could do. And I thought that was really an interesting take on it. And then the Dark Knight Rises again, which is the third part of this, yeah. which now I know is a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> I... Again, I quite liked it because of half the film was nothing to do with Batman. And it, it was to do with the city. It was to do with... Yeah, the people around him directly yeah. and then more extended. Yeah, yeah and things went wrong and things were bad and it was like, who am I to change? And I just thought, you know what? This is actually an adult film. That just happened to have Batman as a character. A bit, in it. It's a little bit more intelligent than your average, yeah. like like the old the old trilogy that they did. Yeah, and I yeah. just thought slightly you know more what? about it. Yeah, it's not about Batman as a film. It's about the Batman as a vigilante, and not about what Batman does as a vigilante. Not about who he beats up as a vigilante, who he saves as a vigilante. It's about what creates the need for a vigilante and what does it do to that person to be a vigilante i just thought it was really really far more interesting and a far on far more levels than i could have actually look as i was expecting because the original batman was a bit of that but it was still a lot of wow look at the super duper gadgets he's got and the gadgets were almost irrelevant mm. The gadgets may have saved the day in the end, but that was just like a throwaway. Mm. Hey, it means that we can carry on this one day if we ever decide to. But I, you know, good, well made, good trilogy. Equal. I'm very glad that I sort of fell over it rather than knew anything about it. But yeah, I might yeah. actually watch that as a trilogy again one day, maybe you know one a week and try and get the flow of the whole story because I think it was very interesting, well-made mm. and a quite a good story. But if you're looking for Batman, don't bother with The Dark Knight because it's not a Batman yeah. film. But yeah. that's possibly why I enjoyed it more than I would have yeah. done. And amongst lots of other things I've done to kill time, I've really enjoyed uh, watching all of those and do watch Wreck-It Ralph because it's quite nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. Mm. There you go. Excellent stuff. Thank you, sir. Tone, what is on your list? Um, well, the first thing is um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Um, I know it was covered by Carl last week, and he did say a lot of a lot of the things that came to mind. You know, I was listening after having watched it. I was listening to Carl talk about it. It's like, nope, I was going to say that next week. I was going to say that next week. Oh, you should <laughs> have, have DM'd him, him, told him to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah thirty-three yeah. seconds is what I lasted. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. It was uh, yeah, fun, loud, 
it's meant to be visually, you know, spectacular. Yes, it's actually sci-fi that's actually set in space rather than just it's sort of around Earth for once as well. That that always helped for me. Um, it never took itself any seriously in any way. Um, you know, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by quite a number of people in it because there were a few people I didn't know who they were, like Chris Pratt. You know, um, Karen Gillan, I, I did recognise her character straight away. I, but it's like, yeah, I thought, yeah, that's still a recognisable, the Karen Gillan that I liked from Doctor Who and, you know, whatever, whatever else she's been in, you know. She hasn't really been in anything else, has she? Uh, yeah, basically that, that thing about, you know, the photographer and that was, <laughs> and I, I haven't seen Oculus yet, but, you know, you know, yeah, I think it was a role that fit her well. Yeah, for once she was playing the sort of villain, which was which was good. Is that why she shaved her head? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and went the same shade of blue as the woman in Farscape, and pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I like the woman in Farscape, yeah. even though she was a plant woman or women in Farscape. Oh, you know, it's too many to pick from. Yeah, yeah there, there was only one blue one, though, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, well, you've had no, one no, blue one, two, you've had yeah, them all. You're right, yeah. Yeah. Two blue puppets. <laughs> I can't remember two blue women in Fast Cars. No, yeah, because there was the one, the bald one and the one with the hair. Well, the one with she the hair blue. wasn't blue. Was she not? No, she was like orangey. Oh, she was just sort of orange. <laughs> yeah, she looked, yeah, slightly yeah. overturned. Mm. <laughs> Tangoed. Yeah. Oh dear! <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like I say, Carl said a lot of it last week. I've got little to add. Um, really enjoyed it, and wish I had gone to see it at the cinema because it, it's back to the scale thing. If if I'd watched that on a big screen, you know, I probably would have been even more wowed. I can see why it got all the good reviews. You can know, I ask it, a question? Hmm? How long can you last in the cinema? doesn't matter how good the film is, before you just start to feel uncomfortable sitting in those slightly uncomfortable seats and not being able to walk about. Interstellar has to be my limit. That was nearly, yeah, three, I know, nearly I know three I'm over, hours. I know I'm over two hours. I did, not, I did um, both Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises in the cinema quite comfortably, actually. So. Well, they're, they're long films as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, just, I, I, was, I was feeling it towards the end of Dark Knight Rises, I think. And I just know that yeah. I get to a certain point that the discomfort is stopping me concentrating on the film. I'm yeah. too busy trying to sort of swap sides and stretch my legs and do various things. Yeah. It's almost like, can we go back to the old days where we can have a 15-minute break halfway through? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get an ice cream and have a quick wee. Let's you know, all yeah. go to the lobby. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and next up on my list, it, this was originally released in sort of little five-minute episodes, I remember. But it's the Battlestar Galactic. It's a little uh, prequel, Blood and Chrome. Yeah, it was about about sort of William Adama when he was a fighter ace rather than the sort of commander of the whole fleet. I remember this while it was on, and I never, I never actually saw any of it. Yeah, because it, it was released in those little snippets, but they were released sort of every Friday. I think I caught them for about four or five Fridays, and then I lost, you know, I sort of started forgetting and missing bits. But then, you know, this was always the plan, though, to bring it out as a sort of feature-length, 90-minute you know, thing. 
And I think it works so much better in that format. I know I praised the sort of little release bit by bit at the time, but yeah, it works so much better this way. You know, the the plot actually you know held together more. Whereas in in the little little chunks, it felt like it was oh yeah, this is just you know, yeah, it's just referencing back to the the main series that it's spinning off from. Whereas this, you know, it had its own plot. You know, it it worked quite well. I enjoyed it. You know, the the effects work was spectacular as it was with the main mm. Battlestar series. Oh, that's um, good to hear. Yeah, it's it's made me want to track down the uh, the other sort of spin off, which was Caprica. Yeah, I I never saw any of Caprica. I I heard that it was yeah. good, and it was kind of cancelled before it it was able to get going. Really, mm, yeah, which is a that, shame. But yeah, you know, the sort of quality of this made me want to track that down as well. Did they ever do? You know, because you know, obviously now I know everything there is to know about Star Trek Next Generation. Series one to six, because I'm only series episode three on series seven. Uh, is there only seven series? I can't remember now. There are only seven series. Yes, yeah, oh, they were contracted near, for near eight, but they only did seven. Right now, there's lots of references to Picard's time before he became captain. Right, mm-hmm. lots of them, and every now and again you get some sort of flashback. Yeah. Has there ever been a prequel about Picard? Definitely not that, on screen. Not on screen. Be, there might be. That would be interesting. Mm. Yeah. I, I could see that working, yeah. and see that would be something they could do as a you know maybe a you know it doesn't have to be it could be a TV film. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But that's something they could do because they could take certain characters and they could. Um, you know, I really want to know that happened. Really went on with him and the Doctor before um, they got yeah. onto this <laughs> ship. It's just things like that. Yeah, yeah. How, how is, did yeah. There's, there's something going yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'd like to know Riker and um, and Deanna Troy because uh, you know they make reference to this relationship that split up because he he got promoted or whatever. But you know, there's lots of backstories that they make some good references to but they yeah. you could have a good hour and a half film which is just does maybe two or three of their lives mm. beforehand it's just you know because you're talking about prequels of yeah you know things that, and i just think you know there's still people there could write that roddenberry's still alive isn't he no 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 didn't gene, he not gene roddenberry died back in 1994 um yeah sort of who well, wrote the next well, generation? The was it series of the next generation was being made. Well, Roddenberry, so who, who Roddenberry came up with the next generation, but it was it was written. Oh, um, Rick was, Berman. Yeah, well, it was it was well, it was run by Rick Berman. Um, it was the 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 writing team for most of the time were people like Ronald D. Moore, who went on to do the the new Battlestar Galactica. People like Brandon Braga and Rene Echevarria, um, and people like that, uh, who who also went on to work on. Things like DS9 and Voyager and even Enterprise. Mm. Um, okay. so, but I yeah, think there's a story there. I think there's yeah. a good yeah. story there. I, think I, also, I was watching it the other day and I decided that Marina Surtees is definitely the number one. I mean, it's taken me six, nearly seven series now, and I've gone, right, I've got to pick my number one. <laughs> and we're not talking about a lit- whatever his name is with a dodgy beard. I'm talking about the real number one here. Mm. Not make it so. We're talking about it, and it's definitely Marina Sirtis. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think all the with Star Trek, they've 
they've tried to cover the stories in sort of the the novels and the comics and so on, the spin-off stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'm not interested. I don't want to but have no, to work. But no, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I don't want to make any episodes. You know, like, hold on, uh, Netflix. Go on, make that now, you son. Yeah, no, make that. Make, yeah, make some you, proper Star Trek. Give Please. us like, a set of Abrams. Yeah. yeah oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you've been interrupted so many times, Tone. I'm really sorry. What were you talking about? I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> Blood and Star Galactica or something? It's all good. Yeah, yeah that, that was a, it was another good one. And I, like I said, I do want to watch Caprica, which is, a, from what I understand, it's another sort of prequel. It's set before the main series. Um, and sorry to end this on a downer, but I watched the recent Robocop film. Oh, no. Because it, it was there it on no, Netflix. Is it no good? It's not really no. It, it tr- I can see it tries, but uh, but the original the original three are there on on Netflix as well, and I, I just find myself going back to them. Um, you know what? Again, Robocop. I could never get past the first film. Yeah, exactly. The others just didn't. The fir- first one was the best out of that original. Yeah, because it was a story wrapped up in itself. It was the sadness of Robocop. To be honest, mm. the rest of it was almost irrelevant. It was the humanity of this yeah. non-human, which, which this know. version had none of. Yeah, I mean, they tried- once they brought in the new, the other, I think I tried Robocop too. Was that the thing with the big uh, walking around thing yeah. that used to shoot everything? The ED two hundred nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, what's that got to do with the humanity and the pain and the yeah. and the? That's my partner in that. And then the TV series, which well, we were- give up on that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, the yeah, TV it, series was. I remember watching the TV series in the late in the late nineties, thinking this is actually fairly watchable. <laughs> if it wasn't, if it but was, you were younger then, you didn't know as much. Type to it, it know. was yeah, it was quite soft. Yeah. Whereas this, you know, it's like it's like the origin story. It felt more like Iron Man, yeah, where he's building the suit, you know, out of bits. You know, it's like it, it, it didn't have the same. It, they keep trying to send him back to his family, you know, his kid and that in this. It just didn't work in the same way. The best parts were Samuel L. Jackson as a sort of news anchor, sort of in the OCP. Really? <laughs> sort of, you know, that sort of role. Remember that from the original? Yeah, like, yeah, I remember OCP, that. Yeah. The adverts, which I think were more relevant in the series than the films, you know, where, you know, it's like, we'll, you know, we'll give you the world on this, you know. You know, it was that sort of satire of that whole media, you know, news media. That was the best part of it because it was Samuel L. Jackson. This yeah, Man of Steel, another version of Batman. Not no, Man of Steel. No, that's Superman. No, no, no. The thing you just mentioned. Iron, Iron Man. No, Iron Man? No. That's a whole different comic. Wait, let's I, start I, again. I Who's the one that Robert Downey Jr. played? That's Iron, Iron Man. Man. Right. No, because I always see it as a similar character. I see it as a rich yeah. man, builds gadget. With the gadgets. Builds exoskeleton, becomes superhero. Yeah, it is the same. No. I think it is two different comics. It's Marvel and DC, isn't it? It's the same story, just one of them is one and one is... A, you know, because I've never really followed Iron Man or whatever it's called. Mm. But I just, I always sort of saw them as a similar... You know, a similar yeah, idea. But there are a lot of comparisons to be, yeah. But one wasn't a vigilante, was it? Was Iron Man a vigilante, mm, or was it just a superhero? Vigilantes, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. 
Really? There you go. Yeah. I've made a comic reference. Well, yeah, there you one, go. It was hilarious, Alex. Ah! <laughs> yeah, what, one's more sort of out there, you know, wants to be, be known in the public, doesn't he? And that's Iron Man. And then the one who wants to keep his identity secret you know, for the greater good is Batman. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, normally I do the bad jokes, and I haven't done any this there week. You so you're going to be wanting me to go back to the bad jokes rather than this deep, meaningful Batman versus Iron Man type thing. Either or whatever is entertaining for the <laughs> millions of listeners who tune in every Entertainment week. Entertainment for the masses. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Right. That, gentlemen, is a show. Thank you very much. It only remains for me to ask you, where can we find you? Alex, where can we find you, sir? Um, so, um, um, I'll come back to that. Okay. Because I can't remember what it's called. I believe you can be found on Very British View. That's the one. On okay. Twitter. It's been, it's been so long. I it has. It said has. it for ages. A very British View on Twitter. Yes. And um, the other and one. that's it, because oh, I have no idea. Zero One for London. That's the one. Yeah. And there's a few places. Yeah. Look, just type in random things on the internet, and if you're lucky, you'll get me. There you go. Excellent. Nice right. to have you back. And sir. if you're really unlucky, you'll really get me. You'll find me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, speaking of you, Tone, where can we find you, sir? Uh, again, on the Twitter, if you're unlucky, uh, Tone7x20 on Twitter's. You've got some funny name, I noticed the other day. He has, he's turned it. You. Yeah, but I've changed it to the whole, because there's all the, the whole Trumpton UKIP thing. Oh, dear. I just Trump tone, to, yeah. decided to parody that. Ah, uh, I see. It's better than a witty Christmas name. Yes, yeah. At least yeah, you haven't slight, put a... Slightly more original. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't want to put you dressed in a Santa costume as your... Uh, no. Is your avatar. No? Fair enough. Right. And you can find me on Twitter at SFDrummer. That is all we have for this show. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwavesshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com or you can get us on Twitter at airwavescast or you can subscribe and listen in iTunes. Uh, if you also, you can get hold of us at our Google Plus community. Just go over to Google Plus step over the tumbleweed um do a search in the community section for the airwaves and up we will pop we will return next week for a sort of a 2014 kind of wrap-up show uh where we will be joined hopefully by mr carl madden and uh sarah jane gray will be joining us as well so until then take care everybody cheerio bye-bye Ah, the magic is back. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Badum tish.